Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everybody? It's Johnny Lazarus, the host of the Blue Crew. Going to do a little instant reaction, post-game thoughts from Patrick Kane's debut as a Ranger on Thursday night against the Ottawa Senators. I just got home from the game. I did make a little pit stop at the local halal truck down the block from my apartment. Ate a little lamb over rice, so I might have to poop in my pants in the middle of doing this. So take that uh, with a grain of salt or whatever the saying is, and... You know, I may have had, uh, you know, four high noons and uh, a couple beers out of the MSG Sippy Cups, which I love so much. I think every sports stadium should have the Sippy Cup for the beer because the amount of sporting events I've been to where I spill my beer and waste half of it. If I do sound a little off track or off beat in this episode or bonus episode, whatever you want to call it, I'm going to put the excuses on the on the alcohol. But, you know, I went to the game tonight as a fan, wanted to take in Patrick Kane and, and all that and his first game as a Ranger and. Uh, before I do get into the Kane stuff, I think it wouldn't be justified if I didn't talk about the Stephen A. comments on ESPN, which I tweeted before. And I'll play the clip right now from first take a little bit earlier today. Which team in New York do you think wins a championship next? Rangers. Oh, Lord. Come on, Patrick Kane they is able. Count. They don't count. Take they don't out. count. They don't count. Only thing Stephen I know a. about hockey, hockey is, is that the puck is black. black. Okay. And I love you, Gary Bettman. That's my buddy for, for who I always trip to the hockey game. Right. It is, no, it is no disrespect to the Rangers and to Patrick Kane, of course, but just, just for Stephen Football, a. basketball, baseball. Yeah. Well, I'm actually a huge fan of Molly, Stephen A., and, and Michael K. I listen to all three of them, and I'm a guy who listens to First Take almost every morning because I'm a big basketball fan, and... I try to keep up with football and the MLB, but you know, I've I've always been hoping that when the NHL goes to the ESPN, that Stephen A. and and Max Kellerman and all these personalities on ESPN would somewhat embrace hockey. And I know that Stephen A. did post an apology later, which I will play in a second. But before the apology, I mean, I watched that clip and I was just pissed off. Like, what are we doing here? You're on ESPN, the channel that almost every kid wakes up to and turns on just to catch up on sports and anything they missed from the night before or just to catch highlights. And, you know, you have arguably the biggest personality in sports media bashing hockey. And that's, you know, obviously something that's a little unwarranted. Like you ask an honest question to Michael Kay, someone who's very ingrained in New York sports, and he answers the Rangers. And you're basically saying the Rangers don't count in, you know, what is considered one of the four major sports, right? Like, a lot of people have said, and Max Kellerman's guilty of this also, that UFC has surpassed NHL as far as popular top sport, top four sports go in America. And, you know, I think that's bullshit because UFC isn't necessarily a team sport. But for me, like, like all I want to do in my career is make hockey as cool and popular as it can be because, you know, knowing a lot of these players personally, it, like they are cream of the crop athletes and, and they deserve – you know, all that popularity and all the recognition that they aren't necessarily getting uh, across the world. Like hockey to me, and, and obviously this is biased, but, you know, it's it's one of the coolest sports in the world, right? Like, you know, if you look at, at the other three sports, MLB, NFL, NBA, if a player ever like motherfucks a ref or like trips a referee, they're thrown out of the game. Like hockey players, like that's one thing that's really cool too. Like you can show emotion and you can have passion and and really just like, be yourself on the rink and, and and show 
you know, if you're, if you're pissed off, you can say something to the referee, like the amount of times players have, have, you know, motherfucked refs and it's just like, you know, a slap on the wrist or whatever, like referees don't take it personally. It's part of the game. And, you know, I try to watch the NBA or NFL and, and I don't really watch a lot of MLB, but I know that like if a manager like curses at a ump, they're thrown out of the game. If an NFL player argues a call, there's a flag. And if the NBA like fucking breathes, they're teed up with a technical. So like, you know, that's something that I think separates the NHL too, is just being able to show that passion. And this is obviously something that's not necessarily talked about a lot. And I am getting a little off track from the Kane stuff, but the Stephen A comment really just kind of pissed me off as someone who, you know, really just loves hockey and wants to see the game grow, you know, especially on a, a channel like ESPN earlier this week, I actually tweeted like ESPN needs to have a morning hockey show. Like I want to wake up and, and not watch reruns of NHL network. I want to hear live opinions of what's happening. Like, you know, the Jonathan quick trade goes down uh, at midnight on, on Wednesday night or Thursday night, whichever night it was. And you have to wait 12 hours to get a reaction, you know, on, on a TV show or whatever. So, you know, that's something I want to see. And I'm sorry if I'm ranting here, but these are just like my true emotions and, and what I feel like day to day, you know, working in hockey media. You know, I also should have mentioned that Cody isn't here tonight. It's just me doing this fan mail episode. Um, you know, I thought it'd be cool to kind of just take the time after this game, being at MSG all night to answer how everyone's feeling. Uh, after Patty Kane's debut. And before I do go into Patty Kane, I'm going to play the apology from Stephen A because he does kind of say, you know, he's trying to make good TV, which I get. Stephen A, you know, sometimes plays into the role of, of what he is. And, you know, he's an emotional guy, but he also knows how to push the right buttons with sports fans. So if, if he didn't mean the comments that he made earlier, whatever, but like kind of unnecessary, um, you know, don't bash on the NHL when ESPN is trying to grow it. <laughs> go Rangers! Go Rangers! Not go New York, go New York, go with the Knicks. I'm talking about the Rangers. I know you got something going on with Patrick Kane tonight, okay? Will you calm down? I was having a good time, having fun. Gary Bettman is my friend, okay? Relax, y'all. Relax. I understand the Rangers are all that. But they got a championship since 1994. It's them damn Knicks that haven't won since 1973. I'm sure you can understand why I'm aching a little bit more for the Knicks than the Rangers, okay? Mark Messier erased that 40-year-old curse, all right? For 50 years. Bottom line is this. The Rangers have a championship more recently than my New York Knicks. But I root for all things New York, and that includes the Rangers. So guess what, Rangers fans? Calm down, and let's do that hockey. Let's do that hockey. You know, hockey needs all the popularity and all the attention it can get. So that's that's just the one thing that really pissed me off. And I'm sure it pissed off a lot of other people. But now I'll get into the Kane stuff. And, you know, for me, I, I think it's felt a little surreal the past week because I know I speak for a lot of people that played hockey growing up. And listen, I know there's people out there that don't like Patrick Kane, the person. He's made some mistakes in his career. But, you know, Patrick Kane, the player for me growing up as a naive kid and i don't think patrick kane's a bad person at all you know he's made some mistakes we all do we're human but it's part of growing up and part of maturing but for me growing up playing nhl on xbox watching nhl every night i wanted to be patrick kane and i think most people did i actually you know the jerseys behind me say 23 and whatnot but i wore 88 growing up until i was in uh, 11th grade actually when 88 was taken on the metro moose the team that i played for and I had to move to like 66. I always loved the double numbers. And then I got to college and none of the double numbers were available. But growing up, I wore 88 because I watched the Chicago Blackhawks and 
the one guy that stood out every shift, whether it was, you know, making a flashy play, a, fa- a flashy pass, dangling somebody, going backhand top shelf, the celly, like everything that Patrick Kane did, you know, just drew so much attention and, and made you love hockey. Like it really was showtime, you know, like he put on a show every single night. And I think back to first real memory I have of Patrick Kane. It was a goal he had against the Red Wings in the 2009 conference final when the Blackhawks lost that series in five games. But Patrick Kane came down the right side on his backhand and went absolute shelf short side backhand on Chris Osgood and sallied like from the goal line to the blue line. And I was like, I was 13 years old and I was like, this guy is so fucking cool. Like that was just sick. And, you know, every day in practice, the the week or two later, you know, all my teammates, when we come down on our backhand, we were trying to go short side self. And if we scored, we'd do that silly. Like that's just what it was. And that's what a lot of players or a lot of kids even do today. You know, what they see on TV, on YouTube is what they're doing the next day in practice. Like when Trevor Zegers and Sonny Milano teed up for that goal, you know, there was that viral video of so many kids in practice the next day trying to flip the puck over the net and knock it out of midair. Like that's just, you know, what we want it to be. That's what was cool. That's what was fun. That's what made NHL so incredible to watch. So for me, it turned back the clock a lot, just walking into warm up and seeing Kane take the ice in that red, white, and blue uniform and seeing the 88, you know, like something about that number 88 is just so clean. It's, it's so filthy and, and so cool. And, just carries so much swagger. Like you think about the 88s in the league, you know, Brent Burns in San Jose, you know, one of the cooler guys in the NHL, David Pasternak in Boston, Willie Nylander in Toronto, uh, you know, Martin Natchez now in Carolina, but there's so many, and I'm probably blanking on other ones, but there's so many cool players that wear 88. Nate Schmidt in Winnipeg. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think of all the 88s that there are in the league right now, but that number is so clean. And, and honestly, like, I felt like a 16-year-old kid again tonight at the Garden for the first time in a long time because now that I'm turning 27 this month, you know, I, I root for this team and these kids, but it's it's hard to necessarily root for people that are younger than me. You know, as someone who played hockey, it's just weird. Um, so to turn back the clock a little bit and root for someone that I loved so much as a kid was just so refreshing. Uh, every time Patty Kane touched the puck, not only me, but every Ranger fan was on the edge of their seat. And uh, it's actually funny. I tweeted... At the 12-minute mark of the first period, Patty Kane had the puck in the slot, and I think this it to Panarin or was looking for Panarin. And everyone in the garden was screaming, shoot the fucking puck at Patty Kane. So it took him eight minutes to get yelled at by the fans, which was really funny. You know, but I've rambled on here, and you know, I just wanted to say how cool it is and special it is for me as someone who's been in love with hockey since I was five years old to really just see you know, a childhood hero play on a team that I root for. Uh, you know, I loved Carmelo Anthony, but when he came, I was like 14 or 15. So I couldn't really appreciate it as much as a Nick and, you know, being a Ranger fan my whole life, like just having a guy that I've admired my entire life and always wanted to be, and always wanted to play like come play for my favorite team has been truly incredible. So I'm going to go into the questions now. I'm going to look at Instagram first because I tweeted it and posted it on Instagram. So there's a pretty good amount of reaction and questions. Um, so let's start with, this is actually kind of funny. Uh, Sirico 19, Johnny is the man. Cody sucks eggs. LGR. Love that. Cody's not here. So I'm happy to say that. Hopefully he's listening and shout out Cody. Cause I love you. And I know it's a little bit past your bedtime, but we'll, we'll talk tomorrow. We got a good episode coming next week. This one from you've been vexed, not about Kane, but 19 giveaways in this game. What are your thoughts? So that's something I noticed too. It seemed like, and, and listen, this is, you know, Four high noons, three beers. This is the eye test. I haven't read a single stat. This is what I'm going off. Uh, 
you know, I, I thought the Rangers were forcing a lot tonight. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the presence of Patrick Kane whenever he was on the ice. Like, you know, it was clear Panarin wanted to set him up and, and give him, you know, the show that everyone came out to see. I thought the defense was really sloppy. Miko Nikola did not have his best game. I thought Truba was pretty solid. Uh, Foxy actually had more turnovers than I'm used to seeing. Um, you know, I thought he forced some stuff up the middle every now and then. But I think right now the defensive area in the D zone, you know, just breaking pucks out, it's not necessarily so clean. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the issue is, but it seems like whenever the defensemen get the puck, aside from Keandre Miller, they're not necessarily moving their feet. They're just looking for the pass. And sometimes it works out when they're a little extra patient and, and they're able to create that space. But other times, you know, you're not necessarily making up instinct play. You're just, you're thinking too much. And that's what I thought uh, a lot that happened tonight was the Rangers defensemen, especially were just thinking of making that pass, the, the simple pass. And instead of just doing it, they were thinking too much. Um, you know, it's not very typical. We see the Rangers have so many giveaways. Obviously, you know, they have a ton of skill and they're trying to make plays, which I love because I hate teams that just dump the puck and go chase it. You know, I'm very appreciative of this team that likes to hang on to it for an extra second and look for the extra pass and make that pretty play. But that's not what's going to cut it come playoff time. You know, they're going to have to make those simple plays and they're going to have to figure it out and just be more crisp. So I definitely did notice a lot of the turnovers tonight. Um, you know, but I think that's something that, that'll get cleaned up as we go here. Uh, Sammy Hockey 96 are the sends a dark horse to make the playoffs. I said this in the beginning of the year. And Ottawa's been one of the hotter teams in the league as of late. This is actually their fourth win in a row. So they're not a team to sleep on. They add Jacob Chikrin. You know, that they clearly have earned a right to go for the playoffs. You know, that's what management's kind of been saying. But, you know, this Ottawa team in the last 10 games is 7-2-1. and one. They're currently four points out of the second wild card spot behind the Islanders with three games in hand. So Ottawa's definitely in the running they I, I wouldn't say they're necessarily a dark horse because they're right in the fight i mean everyone pretty much is in the fight from pittsburgh all the way down to washington only five or actually detroit only six points separate those seven teams which is pretty incredible so uh by no means are the senators a dark horse they've been looking really good lately i think tim stutzel is fucking amazing uh brady kachuk's obviously a killer and has that dog instinct in him you know shane pinto has been a guy that's contributed great secondary scoring claude drew Looks very good as well. On the back end, Thomas Shabbat's been not his best, but pretty decent. And they add Chikrin to make that team a little deeper. So, uh, you know, I think Ottawa is definitely a team to consider when it comes to making the playoffs. The next one from Adam underscore Monty, who actually saw the game tonight. Shout out, Adam. Why do we suck, Laz? And this is what I love about Ranger fans, because, you know, we were all going to the Garden tonight expecting for the roof to blow off. And it's not necessarily the strongest performance from the team. I wouldn't say they sucked, but I wouldn't say they were good. Uh, you know, this team has been a little inconsistent as of late. I don't really know how to answer this one because we don't suck, but I, I do love the uh, the true Ranger fan in that question from Adam. Another one from Sammy Hockey. Will Kane take time to adjust to New York? Uh, you know, he said this a lot in his press conference. Like him and Panarin obviously have a lot of chemistry going back, but they haven't played together in seven years, and that's a pretty long time. Uh, my mom's texting me, are you home? She's con a concerned mother. I'm going to answer her quick. Yes. But yeah, like, listen, you know, Tarasenko, it, it's taken some time. Kane, it's going to take some time. That's just how it is. Like, I don't think anyone necessarily comes in and clicks right away. Obviously, you know, you could say Bo Horvat had a goal or two in his first couple games of the Islanders, but he slowed down a bit. Ryan O'Reilly scores a hat trick early on in his time with the, the Maple Leafs. But, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, it takes a little extra to click. Um, I'm sure for Kane, it was a little surreal. He even said in the press conference, like, this is the most nervous he's been for, uh, you know, a regular season game in a long time. 
Um, and I'm just going to go into the next question because it kind of relates to this, but Pat underscore bone four does having Kane and Panarin on the same line worsen our defensive problem. I'm going to have to say it definitely doesn't make the defensive problem any better. Uh, you know, they're two offensively minded players, but you know, I've been saying for a while, your best defense is a good offense. So once these two are clicking again and they're able to possess the puck in the offensive zone at a consistent rate, like I don't see them spending so much time in the D zone. Um, so yeah, like tonight it, it did not look good, but you know, I think as we go on here and as the games progress and as uh, you know, the guys get used to each other, I think it won't be as much of a liability. Um, I'll go into the next one. How Anthony Governale 19. How nice is it to officially be able to end crabs off conversations, dude? It is fucking amazing. We've been talking about this for like two or three years now. I'm happy for Krabsoff. He found a new home. I hope he does well. It's kind of irrelevant for us because he was never an every night guy. So for him to have success somewhere else, so be it. Whatever. We'll take it. Definitely happy to not have that conversation anymore. Lauren Khaleesi. How long will it take you to get a cane jersey slash shirt over under? So I don't want to sound like a, a hard or whatever, but as of like the last two years, I'm kind of over buying a jersey or like a player's t-shirt. I'm more into like the style of the team. Like I always wear a different Rangers jacket to every game. Like, you know, I'm a big outerwear guy. I kind of love that kind of style. Um, you know, last jersey I bought was a Foxy one because I've, you know, I've said it on here before, but, you know, we're friends from growing up and I feel like I'll buy a jersey to support a friend. But um, for me, I, I've never been like a huge jersey buyer. I'm more of like, a, oh, this Rangers starter jacket sick like i'd love to rock that to a game or this snapback is dope like i'd love to wear that um for me it's more like the style than than the jersey i think it's cooler just to you know kind of dress up for a game i think that's a lot of fun the players get to dress up so the fans should get to rock their swagger too uh let's go into the next one this is the last one on instagram from maddie james 43 obvious the team has high end skill but are they gritty enough to win playoff style hockey i think as time goes on they're going to develop that grip because they're going to realize that you can't win just on skill alone. And that's obviously, you know, a, a pretty popular saying, right? Like hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. Um, you know, that comes from a lot of different movies, a lot of different sports, but it's just true. You know, we can have all the skill in the world, but if they're not going to work hard, they're not going to win. And and if Halak and Igor Sirkin aren't going to stand on their heads every night, like it's not going to be a pretty season. So, you know, I, I, I do think they will figure it out. Um, they got to learn to work together first and then, you know, the grit will come. Um, you know, obviously once playoffs happens too, it, it, it rampens up a bit. So I'm not too concerned about the compete level. You're playing playoff hockey in New York as a Ranger. If you can't get up for that, then you shouldn't even be in the playoffs to begin with. So that's it for Twitter. I'm going to, or that's it for Instagram. Sorry. I'm going to go to the Twitter questions and these are kind of all over the place because some of it is like quote tweets and some of it's like fucking replies. It's kind of all over the place. And first of all, thank you everybody for asking questions. And I actually, uh, I, I ran into like eight or nine people tonight at the game that stopped me and like said, dude, love the podcast. Like, you know, love the blue crew, shout out, whatever. And if, if you see me at a game or see me in person, like, and you say, hi, tell me your name or tell me your handle, because I met like four or five people tonight that I had no idea who they were, but they said they followed me. And listen, for what it is, half of you guys are like fucking ranger trolls that have like Zabanajad or Kreider in your name that I don't even know your actual name. So I love to meet the people that listen to me and listen to Cody and listen to us. So next time you see me or if you want to meet or shoot the shit, like tell me your name because I'd love to know you and, and be your friend and, and talk to you as a human being, not a fucking Twitter robot. So I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, let's go into the Twitter questions though. With that being said, 
Shout out to Cody with that being said. Um, where is the tweet? Where is the tweet? Let me find it. Okay, so let's start with this. Todd Schaus. What's up, beauty? My guy from Bredonia. Why no Zach Jones being short in the back end? Give him a shot. Can't have Fox playing 28 minutes a night. Couldn't agree more. Right now, with the way the team's headed, having another skilled, small defenseman like Jonesy isn't necessarily what they're looking for. They want to have bigger size and more physical players in the back end. That's why Mikula's getting the ice time and Harper's getting the ice time because you can't have a ton of small, skilled players in the roster. Although I think Jones is so good, and I think he will be an every night successful NHL player at some point in his career. But yeah, I don't know. Right now, the roster is just weird with Lingren and Miller being out. Um, you know, I don't know if it's a cap situation or what. So I don't have the true answer to that, uh, Shousey, but um, you know, I would love to see Jonesy back up. This one from Goth Brooks RVA. Oh boy, I forgot about this already. But why the fuck would you pull your goalie with over two and a half minutes left down just one goal? There was plenty of time to try and get the goal, and instead we lose the faceoff, and boom, we're down two. It completely killed any chance at a comeback. Kaner and Bread looked good. Give it time. So I could not believe that the goalie was pulled. I actually didn't even like realize it till the the goal happened. I was I because I like who the fuck in their right mind would do that? Um, you know, I think at least win the faceoff and and gain possession before you do that. Um, so that was a complete surprise to me. I don't know what was talked about on the bench. I don't know what the post game comments were, but. Listen, I don't question Gerard Gallant a lot. I, I know a lot of people do. I don't. I like. I think he's a good coach, and I actually like love him as a as a person. I don't know him personally, but everything I see, I love the way he treats the players. But man, I don't know. That was a fucking weird call, and uh, you know, I, it's it's something that's you know had the Rangers scored right off the bat. It's like Gerard Gallant's a genius. Like let's all be honest. If the Rangers, if Gerard, if Gerard Gallant pulls the goalie with two and a half minutes left, the Rangers score right away. It's like, oh my god, what a fucking great coaching move. But because they lost the faceoff and let up the goal right away, it's like he's a fucking idiot. You know, that's just how it is. It's a, you know, a hit or miss kind of call. Um, you know, I think had he pulled the goalie on a faceoff with like a minute fifteen left, no one's questioning it. But because there was so much time left, it makes you think like, what, like, what is the thought process there? I'll go into the next one. This is like this is another name. How many a lot is the Twitter name? Someone who I interact with a lot. I don't know who you are, but I know we would get along because I interact with you all the time. And this question is, how many high noons above expected? Uh, I tweeted it. It was 4.0. I got the new tequila seltzers. I'm a big tequila guy. I don't love vodka. I do drink beer, but I'm not a vodka person at all. So, you know, I've always loved the high noons, but having tequila made me want it even more. And I tried each flavor, and the the strawberry was my favorite. Strawberry was so good. Uh, So highly recommend those. Another one, Mika Mika. You know, these, this is the shit I'm talking about. If you if you are Mika Mika and how many a lot, and I meet you at a Ranger game, tell me your fucking name. Because I'm not going to know you from a, a, a name like that and a profile picture that's Igor Shosturkin and Mika Zibanejad because you're not them. Uh, I'm Here's a question. I'm sure you will cover it, but just want to hear honest opinion about how tonight went. Definitely looked a little burnt out at times, I'd say. And I completely agree. Like, listen, was the energy necessary there? In the beginning, it was. You know, Kreider scores that shorthanded goal, but there wasn't so many scoring chances, I thought, in the first period from either side. You know, it wasn't a very back-and-forth game until the second period when all those goals started to happen. And listen, the team played last night or, you know, Wednesday night in Philadelphia, played an overtime game shorthanded. They had 11 forwards and five Ds. And, you know, sometimes that does have an effect on you. So, uh, you know, I think um, it's just part of it. Like they, they played back to backs twice this week. So that's tough. You know, it's, it's hard on you, you know, mentally and physically when you travel. And I know it's not such a tough travel going to Philadelphia, but it's definitely uh 
you know, weird for the routine. So I, I think they were burnt out, but it's it's not too much of a concern for me. Uh, a follow-up from Mikamigo. Also, yeah, the only first game on PP together. Do you think it ruined their flow of getting into the game 5-5? Five and five? Would rather see another shooter on PP1 with Krides in front? Mika, Kane, and Panarin all like to set others up. So this is actually a point I really wanted to make. Adding Kane makes Panarin so much more of a shooting threat. You know, we've been used to watching Artemi Panarin be the setup guy and be the playmaker, but having Patrick Kane out there, like I saw it in the first period, Kane's in the slot and finds Panarin on the on the half wall in a five-on-five -five situation. Panarin takes that one-timer that Cam Talbot just gets with his blocker, and that's a one-timer we haven't seen from Panarin very often. So having Kane on a line with Panarin draws so much attention to Patrick Kane that it creates more opportunity for Artemi Panarin to be a goal scorer. And, you know, typically in the past, we've seen Panarin be the biggest threat in his line, like playing with Strom, playing with Cop, playing with Hunt, whoever he's been on the line with. And everyone's worried about Panarin, you know, that they keep their eye on him and, and don't want to allow him to make plays that it's opened up the others. But now we're seeing the opposite where you have a guy like Patrick Kane on the line that it allows Panarin to be the open guy. So I think uh, Panarin's going to become, you know, more of a shoot first mentality player playing with a guy like Patrick Kane. Um, and Mika is definitely not a guy who likes to set up others. I think he was just, uh, you know, giving into playing with Patrick Kane a little bit tonight on the power play because everyone wanted to see Kane have success. Nick Todaro, what do you think about Mikula's inability to stay out of the box? Slot me in for Big Ben at D6 come round one. I actually agree. I think Mika has, uh, my friend Kyle Pfeffer, who has the game with tonight, said it perfectly. Mika's due, or uh, Nico Mikula is due for a minor penalty a game. Um, that's kind of been. You know what's going on as of late. It's been a trend that he takes a penalty almost every game. Uh, you know, I don't really know what that is. I don't know what it is about him, but it's definitely got to change. Um, he's got to be a little more disciplined, taking interference penalties, stick penalties, whatever it is. Like, it, it's just more of a disciplined thing mentally. Next one from Jacob Roth. Realistically, how far do you see this team going with the team defense they are showing us? The overall defense hasn't been so bad. Listen, I think this team could win the Stanley Cup. I also think they could lose in the first round. That's just how the Eastern Conference is set up this year. Everyone's so good that if you make mistakes, they're going to cost you. You know, I, I I do think the team defense, you know, can be somewhat of a crutch. But if they're scoring four or five goals a game, it's not going to be so much of a problem because you have Igor Shosturkin that's going to shut the door every now and then or hopefully consistently come playoff time. So. I don't think um, the overall defense is so much of a concern, but you know, come playoff time, it definitely could cost them. Uh, there was the Zaretsky boys back to back. We'll go with Jake first. No reason to panic. NYR family should still be ecstatic. The boys will get healthy and we'll really see what this team is made of. That being said, with 20 games remaining, what do you think the Rangers record will be from now to the end of the season? Wow. That's a really good question. Um, I think we might see a slow start. You know, they got Boston on Saturday. Boston's looked obviously incredible. I don't think they win that game. I could see the Rangers losing like four out of the next five, but then I could see them going on like an 11 game, 12 game heater where they like win 10 out of 12 or, you know, really go on a hot streak. So out of the 20 games, I'm going to say like the Rangers go 10. No, I'm going to say 13, five and two. I'm going to go with that as the record. I think they win more than they lose. I think there's going to be a couple overtime or shootout heartbreakers in between, but I'm saying 13-5-2. and two. And now we got Ethan Zaretsky. Do you think Panarin and Trotrek felt the need to force Kane the puck in his debut? Yes. Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I, I think that's something that, 
you know, when you have a guy with the the stature of Patrick Kane come join your team, like you just want to make him happy. Um, you know, and that's not even just about Kane. That's like something that Gerard Goulin has talked about with the kid line. Like whenever Kako or Lafreniere, he'll play with, you know, a Zabanajad or a Panera. And they, they always seem to defer to those guys because, you know, they don't want to look selfish or, or whatever it may be. Uh, no one wants to be a selfish player on a team that has this much skill. So I do think that was definitely a factor tonight. How many a lot again? Gigi says he's going to just let Kane play. Let's him do what he does. I think he might be a little more drunker than me or something to that effect. Bullshit or fact. I think you gotta let Kane play. Like, you know, he's been in the league. He's been around the block for a long time. Sure, he's a coachable guy, but you gotta let him do what he does best. And that's make plays and create. So I don't think Chargoland's gonna be too hard on him. I think he's gonna let him do what he's done best for his entire career. There might be, I'm getting a lot of Twitter trolls for my tweet. I actually tweeted after the game. Um, and I'll read it word for word. The only team that's going to beat the Rangers is the Rangers. I thought the Rangers just kind of shot themselves in the foot tonight. Um, you know, didn't play a complete 60 minute effort. They were too cute. They didn't think shoot first. And I think that's, you know, what ended up costing them tonight. And, uh, you know, that's going to be something I say a lot on this podcast for a long time coming is the Rangers beat the Rangers and it's the Rangers versus the Rangers. Cause I think on paper, they're the best team in the NHL. You could say Boston is whatever. Uh, you know, I, I think it's hard to argue all the talent the Rangers have. So I truly do think it is the Rangers versus the Rangers. Um, let's see. Do I think I have some DMs on here. So we got one from uh, NY Rocky, my boy, 93. I love I love Rocky's question. So this is going to be the last one. I'll end it up on this one. I'm aware it was only one game, so don't kill me here. Oh, he knows it already. How many games do you give Kane and Brad before you split them? The forced passes to each other were extremely annoying. They need to stop that. LOL. I fucking love Rocky. He's so funny because when the Rangers are doing well, he's like, oh my God, this is the best team ever. When they suck, he's like, what the fuck? Like we suck. You know, he's just like very uh, seesaw, I guess would be the word. And Rocky, you know, I'm saying this out of love. Like you are, you know, a fun guy to follow. I fucking love your stuff. So, um, you know, I'm saying this with all love, but I also think you bring up a good point. Something I said on SiriusXM Radio earlier this week was if there is any line movement to make, for me, it's putting Tarasenko with Hedo and Lafreniere. And it's not splitting up Panarin and, and Kane because I do think they will click at some point. But, you know, I think a lot of the season when Kako has played with Sabanajan and Kreider, like that line has looked great. And I know it kind of shuffles the rest a little bit and the other three lines don't look as strong. But, you know, a guy like Tarasenko, who I thought played his best game, obviously has three points against Philadelphia. He's been a little inconsistent also so far, you know, in a Ranger uniform. But, if you throw him with Hedo and Lafreniere, like that could be such a good balance for those two young kids also, you know, while giving Kako that extra ice time and more reps with the big boys and Mika and Kreider, I still don't see Kane and Panarin being separated. Like, you know, it's so obvious this off ice bromance, like can contribute to on ice success. And it's been one game. Like, you know, they're going to talk about it. They're going to watch film. They're going to realize when they should shoot, when they should pass. Like, I'm not so worried about that. But if there was one line move to, to change, for me, it's Tarasenko and Kako switching. I think that's really it for questions. As far as the rest of this year goes, like I am so excited. Like Even if the Rangers didn't play their best tonight, every time Patrick Kane had the puck on his stick, like the garden was just like, oh, what's going to happen? Like It was so fun. Like Everyone knew there was something that could be exciting like any given second. And you know that's something I truly just can't wait to watch the rest of the year. And Cody and I are going to put out an episode, I think, on Monday. So... I'm going to save the rest for that episode, but I appreciate everyone for asking the questions. I appreciate everyone who said what's up to me tonight at the garden. It's always fun meeting listeners and it's always fun interacting with you guys. Um, seriously, like it means the world to me, you know, two years ago I was doing this show by myself getting like, you know, 
50 people to listen. Now we're pretty north. It's north of a thousand people that listen to every episode. So it's really humbling for us and, and um, you know, really makes all the effort that we put in worth it, knowing that there's a lot of you that are listening. And, you know, even if you think we're fucking stupid or if you respect our opinion, like, or if you're just listening to us to take an hour out of your day to, to laugh or smile, or like I said, like even just think we're morons and you can do a better job. I appreciate that because, you know, for me, like there, there's so many days where I just love to listen to hockey content and I can't find it. So, um, you know, I, I like I said before, I want to make hockey as cool as I can. And, and hopefully, you know, you guys enjoy listening to me and listening to Cody and listening to what we say. Like, you know, I know I played in the college level. I never played pro, but, you know, I think my experience definitely helps my opinion a little bit. But like, by no means do I think I'm an expert. I kind of just say it as I see it. But, you know, I, I do just want to express how appreciative Cody and I are of all the people that listen. And we can't wait to uh, enjoy this ride with you guys the rest of the season because we both do feel that this could be the year where, you know, we see the Stanley Cup come to New York City. So very exciting stuff. I'm not too concerned about this team. Boston on Saturday is going to be a huge measuring stick. I actually can't watch it. I'm playing in a charity tournament at Chelsea Pier. So I'll be checking Twitter every now and then, but I won't be watching the game. So please tweet at me any good clips any good highlights anything um you know i do want to see as much as i can from that game so i'll we'll be able to watch it but with that being said i'm going to send it off with the cody lfgr and i love you guys and uh you know thank you Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.